0: All right, for Monty, uh, for Steve, this is Monty. Have a great, great rest of your year. Do you mind doing me a favor, just redo that end because it might not have yeah, been clear. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Three, two, one. For Steve, <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, wait, the end. You mean like the that that tag, yeah, right? Exactly. Tag yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Okay, 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 okay. For, uh, three, two, one. For Steve, this is Monty. Hope you have a great end. of, Oh my God. That's another episode of the Fourth Best Podcast. Merry Christmas, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Well, I'm doing okay, but
1: okay. I mean, let's let's not let's not start off with a complaint. We'll just say I'm doing well. (laughs) How are you? You're doing good, right? How are you doing, Wani? You won your fantasy football league,
0: so that's good. I did, I did. So that was um. So here in the United States, when we say football, we're actually talking about the uh, pigskin throwing contest. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah, it was a fifty dollars buy-in. It uh, with my girlfriend's stepdad's league, and I was a rookie, and that league was my first year, and all of my girlfriend's stepdads don't like me now, because I took all their money, but it's okay. It's Christmas. We're all happy, right? Yeah. You know what?
1: Can I say something mean about you real quick before we get into, like, before we pass the one-minute mark of our podcast? Uh, I did not hear this in the pregame talk, but okay, go <laughs> ahead. I will say, if there's one thing that nobody else cares about in the world, it's
0: another man's fantasy football team. So... <laughs> <laughs> You know why? It's because everybody else is jealous when they don't win, which was me for like the last seven years. So well, I do understand, is, is but true. I'm going to brag about true. it. Yeah.
1: Well, congratulations on that, in all honesty. Thank <laughs> you.
0: So with the money I won in this fantasy league, I will be close to being able to match what Liverpool spent on uh, Virgil van Dyke. Did you hear this breaking news about Virgil van Dyke leaving Southampton for £75 million pounds to Crazy. be the most expensive defender in the history of yeah, he's obviously leaving Southampton, which we all kind of expected. He wasn't going to be a career man there. Uh, he's only 26 years old, a lot of a lot of talent, and definitely helping out a, def- a defense. He's going to uh, starting January first. He's a he's a defender for Liverpool. He's helping out Klopp's troops. Uh, what do you think about his his talent going to Liverpool? Uh, what do you think about the whole transfer?
1: Um, I guess my first reaction is 75 million pounds is. An insane amount of money to be paying for a defender. Um, my second reaction is that Liverpool had a glaring need for one and they went out and got their guy that they wanted so um, I guess good to Liverpool for doing that bit of business and getting it done as early as you possibly could in the transfer window. I mean the transfer window isn't even like open yet. I don't even know how this is legal, but uh, <laughs> but it's been an, it's been announced by both teams, so I guess everybody's just cool with it um so so yeah so liverpool had a need and they went out and they filled that need so great i guess it's something that i wish my team arsenal would do more of but uh those are my two reactions like the money thing like stood out first um but honestly liverpool patching uh, a hole in their defense
0: um kind of leaves me a little worried i guess and that's exactly why i wanted to start this off talking about this uh this transfer because they have a hole in their, on their starting 11 because, I mean, their offense is amazing. We, we saw them play against us uh, a few days ago. I think everybody was well aware of the 3-3 to game. Uh, Liverpool-Arsenal played at the Emirates. Uh, I mean, it was an insane game, the pace of the game. Uh, we were down 2-0, you know, starting the second half. It was Liverpool almost all the way. They should have scored plenty of more. Uh, Coutinho, Firmino, Sané, and Salah are just a forward attack that everyone's jealous of. Everyone kind of wishes they had. And then in the span of, what, seven minutes, it was the, what, the 50... Help me out here. It was, like, the 53rd minute, I believe. Yeah, 53rd minute, Alexis Sanchez scores, which uh, was 2-1. to one, A minute after, Salah made it 2-0. And then it was the 56th minute, Shaka. And the 58th minute, Ozil, uh, making it 3-2. So our offense also showed their spunk. Um Slicing a weak defense of Liverpool, um, and then later on they were able to uh, to tie it up three to three. It was kind of a a, a weak goal, if I may say, from Fidomino. It was a poor poor goalkeeping from Czech. Um But now with Virgil Van Dyke, their their defense is stronger. Honestly, I wouldn't. I I don't even know what to expect um, if he was playing that game against Arsenal, and I'm happy he wasn't. But what do you think we're going to do now? Because we now need to make a big move, or we need to figure out something. I know Wenger has put Maitland Niles on that left side, hoping that he can grow into a left wing, uh, because I don't know if he get, already gave up on Kolasinac, And we know Nacho Monreal is playing more of a center role at times as well. Uh, what do you see Arsenal coming up, especially after seeing this game where our offense was clicking – but our defense was very, very uh, sporadic. Yeah, I think
1: if you look at the way our season has gone, I would say our defense has let us down quite a bit. We haven't been really consistent offensively. Um, we've had really great games. Uh, the Everton game, the Huddersfield game, the, this, this past Liverpool game, we've had games where our offense just looks great in moments. But overall, our offense hasn't been consistently good all season. Uh, but I think our defense has let us down the most. Um, Kashelny has been honestly terrible all, all year. Uh, Czech is really starting to show his age as a keeper. And, um, you know, uh, Mustafi's been hurt a bunch. Bellerin, kind of a mixed bag. He's had good games. He's had bad games. Um, I'd, I'd say Monreal has played well. I, I think I would love to see us address the defense. I think we could use, a you know, like another center back to – possibly take Koscielny's spot someone that's just gonna you can just plug in there and he's just gonna be the rock for the you know starting every game but is, is Arsene Wenger actually gonna do that I think we if you look at what he's done in the January transfer windows um, in recent memory that isn't really how he operates so I can't say I'm really optimistic that that is gonna happen I think any improvements are gonna have to come from the team that we have in like the guys that we have on the team already so I don't know. I'm not I'm not I guess I'm not really that optimistic that we're going to make some big splashy move that's going to solve what ails us.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I think realistically, we've been fans of Arsenal for quite a while now, and we're definitely not the people that um, throw out the cash. Uh, Arsenal recently broke their transfer record uh, with like I said, at about 56 million pounds. And and then you see teams like Liverpool who spent about 40 million pounds on our player Oxlade-Chamberlain and now went ahead and spent 75 million pounds um, on a defender. And again, I think we also know going back through history that when it comes to the January transfer window, Arsenal mainly, or Wenger mainly, purchases players that are fillers or kind of band-aids. Um, the most classic example was Kim Kallstrom who came from Spartak Moscow and he was injured, but he was supposed to help uh, uh, shore up the, the, the midfield. El uh, Elneny was a similar position player uh, coming in from Basel. Um, probably the most successful of recent times would be Nacho Monreal, who came in to uh, cover up on the left side because I believe Gibbs was injured, and then he actually took Gibbs' position, and now Gibbs is at West Bromwich, and Nacho Monreal is, is, a, is a star for us. Um, but yeah, I, I don't expect us to be throwing out money because that's not what Arsenal does, and I don't expect us to be signing any star players. I know there's a lot of rumors that we're talking about Droxler being one of them, um, but yeah we definitely um, we definitely need help uh, when it comes to defense and I think that by seeing wenger's movements in the last few games it's going to be coming from our own squad he's going to try i think he's probably going back to the to the line of four, um, especially since we've had some Injury issues and inconsistencies, Um, I mean, Koscielny was slipping all over the place as well. He was showing his age uh, against Liverpool, um, which is kind of disheartening. I know you're a big uh, Koscielny fan. The comparisons also are drawn with the attack that Liverpool has. Um, Let's not forget that Liverpool have a star striker who was on the verge of leaving, uh, missed the first few games because of these rumors Uh, missed the first few games of the season Um, and now he's just a stud Um, he had a killer goal the other day for Liverpool when they beat Swansea Uh, and I'm talking about uh, Philip Coutinho Uh, whereas we also have a star Alexei Sanchez who did score um, and I'm never going to say he lacks heart but there are some times where it seems like he lacks commitment or consistency Um, what do you see about the uh, our our offense and again the comparisons because now that Van Dyke comes to Liverpool, um, I was reading stuff that maybe you know that's enough to keep Coutinho at um, at Liverpool at least through the January transfer window. Um, we have Alexis Sanchez who is a player that might be leaving in the January transfer window, and they haven't really done much for him to stay. Uh, where do you see our our attack going going on? And also looking back at the uh, first half of our season. Yeah, just
1: to address the first part of
0: that with the uh, Coutinho and Van Dijk, I,
1: I actually think, and I'm you know, i not a Liverpool fan, I don't follow the ins and outs of the club, but I actually believe that this Van Dijk signing is the beginning of them spending the money that they are about to get for Coutinho. Because the way the transfer market is going, they're going to get 150 plus for Coutinho. That's a good point. And, and yeah. I, I do think that this was the first, like, let's just spend it, try to help get us into the Champions League we'll lose Coutinho next summer and then we'll spend the rest of whatever they get for him right let's just for the sake of easy math let's say it's 150 they've already spent 75 of it we'll go spend another 75 in the summer on whoever um so that that's actually what i what i actually believe is going on i don't actually believe that they're going to keep both those guys um because they've also made other signings like they've you know they've got um uh, oxide chamber that they spent a bunch of money on uh they got uh uh kita which who also they spent some money on and um, it, a lot a lot of the things that I was reading is that Coutinho was basically as good as gone. So again, I, I don't follow the ins and outs, the inner workings of the club and like you know which rumors are to believed and not but, but that's what I believe is happening. Um as far as what what Arsenal um you know uh the the Alexis Sanchez rumors and and, and all that stuff going on, I think it it, it kind of reminds me of what we were trying to do with uh spending the Alexis Sanchez money on uh, Lamar, but we couldn't get everything lined up in a short amount of time. I think the way Liverpool is doing it is, you know, taking time out of the equation and just be like, look, we'll 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 have our books upside down for six months, but by the end of uh, 2018, everything will be balanced and we'll be fine. And so that that's the way they're they're addressing it. And and I do agree that with what you were the point you were making earlier about we're not a club that's going to spend a ton of money. And I think that um, the the new uh, director of scouting or or whatever his title is I, I think mm. he, I, I think what he's gonna be looking at are players that we can get before they get to that seventy five million dollar range you know, like so you know finding a young defender or w- whatever we're gonna be looking for um before they they get to that too expensive for us level and and I think that that's where um where Arsenal is gonna have to uh, find their their next batch of star players because I don't think we're going to be out spending 100 plus uh, every you know every transfer window like some of these other clubs have been.
0: Oh no, definitely. And um, I mean, this is also something that's been brought up the uh, contract situations with not only Ozil and Alexis Sanchez, but we have a lot of players. I think I counted about 17, 16 or 17 players that their contracts are up by 2019. Uh, one of those is your favorite, Danny Welbeck, who scored a beautiful goal uh, against West Ham. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the uh, the majestic play that he has, it makes you think oh. that Missy doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, Missy assists the ball without his shoes, uh, whereas Welbeck scores with his shin. And it just makes you think, like, I think Missy is learning from Welbeck. Um, I don't know if you disagree with me, but... Oh, man. Danny Welbeck, if he leaves, I will be devastated. Uh, But that's just one of many other players. Uh, One of them are players that uh, Joel Campbell is one of them, (laughs) who his contract is up in 2018. So, exactly. Um, Santi Gasolera is another player who his contract is finished in 2018, and that's just a mystery because there was rumors not too long ago saying that he was going to be back by December, by Christmas. Um, That's obviously not going to happen. But... One of the players that I did want to talk about was Jack Wilshere, which is um, another player that I feel has proved a lot. He also played, uh, he started another Premier League game, played fairly well. Um, going forward, because I think we both agreed already that Arsenal is not going to splash the cash, especially in the January transfer window. What other players do you think from the uh, Carabao Cup um, starting 11s or the, um, the Europa League starting 11s, can move up to the starting roles in the Premier League games, just like Maidenland Niles has, and just like Wilshire has. Well, based on the way that they've performed,
1: I don't believe anybody else is is in that range of those two guys. Um, mm-hmm. I, if I had to take a guess, it'd probably be Walcott would be the only other guy that could make a move from that. Um, I guess maybe Debushi also. Uh,
0: I, I was say, gonna say. I was I gonna say. say do you not like? Do you hate the, the no? I kind of forgot
1: about him because he he's 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 basically only come really good of late. Like so, he hasn't he's yeah you know he's he, the the entirety of the Carabao Cup and the uh, and the Europa League uh, group stages. Like he hasn't been starting and playing like really well. It was just the past maybe four or five games. So. I guess he's a guy that I kind of forgot, but the guys that I'm thinking of that I w- were hoping were more ready, uh, a guy like uh, Reese Nelson, who hasn't really done much of anything in those in, in his uh, playing time given to him in those tournaments. So I don't think he's ready to make that leap. Um, and, and there, there are several other, other young players. Uh, I, I know Chambers has just came back from injury. Um, I'm not sure if he's quite ready yet. And obviously we're not bringing uh Ospina or uh I uh, can't think of the other guy's name right now. Into our squad, Ooh, Martinez. Uh, Mar- No, no, no. Um, not Martinez. There's the the, the other keeper. Ma- the other keeper. Macy. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think those guys are going to be uh, knocking no, yeah. check out of his starting spot. Um. So yeah, I don't. I mean, I think Walcott is Walcott and Debushi are probably the most realistic options. Uh, and and I think I, I the, the reason why I say Walcott is with this move back to the to a, a starting back four um i think now uh that the one quality walcott brings which is speed and he provides width in the attack um n- now i think he can be useful again in a in our starting 11. Uh, whereas i don't think he was really could be used much um in in the back three the way it was set up so um yeah, but, but again, as far as impact guys, I, I don't think anybody's going to really come in and light the world on fire. I think hopefully we get Ramsey back and he continues to play well. Uh, Jack Wilshere has played well and hopefully he can continue that. Uh, and so I, I think any, any impact that we're going to, any positive impact for the second half of the season is going to have to come from within our current squad.
0: Yeah. No, I, um, I did actually want to give a shout out to Quicksilver at Dash of Bellerin. Um, that was their tweet with all the contracts. Uh, so that was very helpful. Uh, the, I also wanted to give a shout-out to um, football.news. Uh, it was off of their Instagram page. I, show, I told you about this earlier. Um, they also have an Instagram page. I believe it's just at football.news. Um, but it was actually uh, the Boxing Day results from 1963. Um, and the, the most normal score was Leicester versus Everton, and it was 2-0. to zero. Uh, There was a Fulham beating Ispwich, 10-1. to 1. Also, there was Burnley beating Man United, uh, six to one. So let's not forget, because I think Burnley played Man United a few days ago and they tied two to two. And Mourinho was really mad because they didn't spend enough. Um, but there was uh, uh, there was an eight to two game. So it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, 1963. Um, everybody was probably drunk Christmas Day. That must have been a wild year. But we do have a late Boxing Day match uh, against Crystal Palace uh, Thursday. Um, and what do you expect coming into that game? Uh, Again, I mean, I know Mustafi might be starting, uh, Ramsey is a little is on, 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 on the fringe there if he's going to start, and Giroud is, is for sure out, uh, so he's not going to be scoring any scorpion kicks um, against Crystal Palace this time around. What do you expect for the Crystal Palace game, uh, looking ahead at that?
1: Well, I think uh, it's the beginning of the second half of our season, and I would love to see Arsenal get into a rhythm of beating teams and collecting all three points every time they go up against a team that they're supposed to beat. I think our troubles against top six teams in the recent years has been well documented. Um, and so I think we need to get all three points, obviously. Um, and I think it begins against Crystal Palace the a team that we should beat. Um, and, you know, we need to go out there and have a good showing. We actually, I know that this time of year, the, the, uh, the games get pretty congested and they come pretty quick, but we've actually had a pretty decent sized break in between our two games compared to other teams um, so you know I don't I don't expect to see a hungover team on Thursday against Crystal Palace I guess is what I'm saying so uh, so let's go out let's take care of business and we can worry about the, the fixtures and, and how you know how many of them there are like in a short amount of time some other day I don't think we should be complaining against Crystal Palace I know we've got some injuries but our squad has been pretty rotated pretty well rotated between the competitions and so uh, I know like you said uh, Giroud is not going to be coming in for Lacazette so I guess he's going to play the full 90 and we'll probably be playing 90 minutes for the foreseeable future until Giroud gets back Um, and so let's see what Lacazette can offer us in a you know in a full full 90 minutes of action Um, so yeah I I expect to win I expect to win easy I'll say uh, 3-1 is what I'll predict I'm sure they'll make me look foolish for saying that
0: (laughs) Well yeah, we'll definitely jot you down on that one. Uh, yeah, I could hear also, you like taking notes. <laughs>
1: that,
0: yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm I will be laughing, but I hope that I mean obviously I hope 3-1. Uh it's not the last game of the season because we have a game on Thursday and then we quickly have another game on Sunday against West Brom, which and like you said, the games are coming fast and quick uh for Arsenal. Right now uh, I believe we're in 6th place. And what was the uh you had a stat there talking yes. about Arsenal yes. and its 6th place situation. Can you explain be- Uh, what the scenario is for Arsenal. Well,
1: yeah, so uh, I I saw a pretty funny tweet, and we we like to give shout-outs to people who post things that kind of make us chuckle. Uh, So, uh, anyway, the the tweet was, um, we play play Crystal Palace tomorrow, Thursday, and if we win, we're sixth. If we draw, we're sixth. And if we lose, we're sixth. So, (laughs) shout-out to uh, uh, Dragomir Vardarov. Wow, I really, like, made a Monty... Uh, of that (laughs) uh anyway his handle is at drago arsenal 94 uh you kind of made me laugh at that tweet Uh, i mean it is kind of (laughs) pessimistic but it is reality (laughs) so no matter what happens we're going to be in sixth place tomorrow i wonder if we should consider changing the name of our podcast
0: that's why uh, yeah that's what i was thinking because this is also um the mid-season for for our podcast and we kind of like to look back to see how we're doing and um we are the fourth best podcast, and we were trying to get into the Champions League. Um, but we might end up getting into the Europa League of podcasts as well. I know the money is less, but it's not as glamorous. But hey, this is our first season, so if we get into any kind of European competition, then I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I think the um, level that we're, when-
1: that we're podcasting at, I think the level that we're podcasting at, we're probably just hovering outside the relegation zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. It's, I think yeah, I've w- turned in a Koscielny-esque Uh, performance on my podcasting
0: (laughs) a a lot of slip-ups yeah I've been a little bit of a murder sacker myself um no no nobody really to uh to look up to though um but okay so there actually is some serious news that we wanted to talk about and this is about former Arsenal defender Emmanuel Ibuy I don't know if you've been following along with what's been going on with his situation um but it seems like he's had all kinds of bad luck he's only 34 years old um he was a solid right winger for us uh, when he did play for us. Um, he had some issues with the, with a the divorce. I guess he hasn't seen his kids. He was sleeping on the floor of a friend. Um, and then Galatasaray came. His uh, f- He went to Galatasaray after playing for us, and they came and they offered him a few options, uh, including a coaching role, uh, a, a solid salary. Um, it seems like some commodities as well for him to stay, uh, which is awesome. Very nice to hear that he's actually been able to turn it around. Um, it's always sad to see somebody who made us, you know, smile, sometimes get us mad too. Um, but it's nice to see that, you know, he's able to find, out a, find a way to get back on his his feet there. So um, congrats to you, Ibui. Hopefully uh, it, it, it gets better for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I know Arsenal wants to also do something in the future to help them out as well.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's a great, hopefully a great ending to the story. I think, Um, yeah, like you said, it's always sad to see someone, uh, a football player that, you know, uh, provided us with some good moments kind of fall upon some really, really tough times. I mean, like the dude's homeless. He's got health issues. He's, you know, he's got obviously marital issues. Um, And so it's nice to see Galatasaray step up and offer him a coaching gig. And so I hope, like I hope our second half of the season goes a little better. I hope the second half of his uh playing slash coaching football and career goes better than it has been so far so
0: hopefully he turns it around yep um and then also another thing that i would like to talk about is this is probably our last podcast of 2017 we we're gonna have some graphics coming up as well about our favorite moments uh but steve do you want to just mention a few of your favorite moments of 2017 um with uh, with
1: Arsenal? Uh, yeah, I'm going to mention two, two of my favorites. Well, one, uh, uh, the scorpion kick to me was just awesome. And I think when you think about your favorite moments of 2017, the fact that he did it on opening day or New Year's Day, whatever, the, the first day of 2017 mm-hmm. was just an awesome way to start the year. And he, later on in the year, he goes off and wins a, a Puskas award. Um, but my personal favorite moment, and it is like personal to me, uh, not that I played or anything, but the, the Chelsea <laughs> FA Cup win – uh, for me, I've got a two-year-old son, and um, he's old enough now to watch Arsenal games. and under- He doesn't understand the game, but he does understand when Arsenal scores, and he says "goal, Arsenal!" and he's got his whole little Arsenal outfit on and all this stuff. So, anyway, so we get up early, and we're watching that match, and I'll be honest; like, I wasn't optimistic going into that match. Uh, we had a lot of injuries. Uh, Chelsea were rolling. They had a chance to to win two titles that year, um, and so I remember thinking that, like, well, you know, my fu- my son's first memory of the FA Cup will be taking an L to Chelsea. And, you know, maybe this is preparing him for life as an Arsenal fan. Uh, (laughs) But then we go off and win, and it was awesome. And it was like...
0: And you gave him false hope.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's one for one in, in, you know, watching in opportunities to win a trophy as an Arsenal fan. And so, I don't know. For me and my two-year-old son, who got up early and watched the game with me that day, um, that's what I remember. And so, to me, like, that, that's why that one was my favorite moment of the year. Um, but there are, there are plenty of them. Did, did you have a, a moment or two that,
0: that stands out in particular with you? I'll, I'll mention two. Um, one was, uh, signing Lacazette. Um, I remember at the moment I was really happy to see that, uh, Wenger finally broke his transfer record fee, bringing in a proven forward and it was something that we definitely needed. Um, I'm still scratching my head because he's played a full 90 minutes only twice. Um, but that's something that hopefully in the second half of the season changes, especially with i mean not to be happy that Giroud is out, but we obviously need Lacassette for more time um but the one that actually made me really happy is um so i don't have a I don't have a kid, so I don't have a sad story like that or a cool story I mean like that so i I actually should have gone first, so then I, I gotta top you off, <laughs> but beating Tonham two to zero um and the North London Derby was a good moment um it was It was nice because. Uh, it was also in a, in a good moment for Arsenal in the season. They were rolling and everybody you know, thought that Tottenham, who had just beaten Real Madrid in the Champions League group stage, qualified in the next round. Every Tottenham fan thought that they were the best club in the, in the country and for Arsenal to put them back to where they deserve as the second best team in North London uh, was a nice memory for me. Um, again, I didn't have uh, a son or daughter to share that experience with um, and my girlfriend was asleep because she doesn't really watch uh, football. So I don't have any cool personal stories like that, but that definitely was a good moment for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that was an awesome moment, also, I agree. And uh, what I like about that moment is, well, one, I got to share it with your the LA. Son. With you the watched LA your son. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I oh. mean, yes, my son was probably a handful that morning, but no, I got to share it with the LA Gooners, so, you know, I was up early in LA, uh, hanging out at the bar with those guys, but. The teacup controversy that came after that. I mean, like, that oh, was just yes. hilarious. Is there anything more Arsenal Twitter than that? Like, we'll, we'll, like, snipe at each other <laughs> all day. Wenger in, Wenger out. We'll talk about, like, a Woby's trash or he's it. You know, me and you will argue about Welbeck. But what, as the yeah. second somebody else tries to attack us, oh, and you get the full wrath of Arsenal Twitter directed at you, <laughs> I mean, it is, it is, yeah, like, un, like nothing else. <laughs> that was, to me, that was. Touch. Uh, the thing that I remember about that mo- uh, that moment was beating Tottenham, and then just the just the absolute fury that rained upon that journalist for <laughs>
0: posting his combined eleven. That was awesome. Um, no, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a good memory. Um, yeah, you got to watch it in a bar too. See, your stories are just way better than mine. I'm I'm stuck watching it, waiting for. Uh, uh, bomb sniffing dogs or watching it in the dark at four in the morning you get to go to bars and stuff i'm i'm, I'm a little jealous and that's actually a personal goal of mine is that the second half of the season that's what I i'm saying cool you got stories. the entire
1: second half to make up for it see right now you're in sixth place but you know what you're only one point I'm off of pl- you're only one point off so <laughs> you've got the whole second half of the season to work on it
0: i'm looking that i'm looking to make a strong january transfer window and uh you know come up come up big come up big that's what i'm, that's what I'm hoping. Um, I also want to give one quick shout out to, and this is really hard to say because his handles and symbols, but I think it's Le Gunner. It's at Le underscore Arsenal. Uh, And they gave us a special Merry Christmas shout out along with a lot of top dog uh, podcasts. So it's kind of nice to know that we are also uh, thought of as a top dog podcast, at least to some people. Um, And uh, maybe that will keep us at fourth, uh, maybe third, second. We'll We'll see. Um, But thank you for the shout out to uh, Le Gunner. And um, let's hope that again, the second half of the season is a strong, strong second half. We're not giving anybody false hope. We don't expect Messi to come anytime soon. Um, Although Steve might be tweeting out his hashtag announce Messi tweets already. I'm not sure. I, I know he was like starting this up. Uh, but hey, let's all hope that the best uh, best is yet to come for Arsenal, and let's hope that next year is better than last. For Steve, this is Monty. Hope you have a great rest of your year. Right. No, that wasn't good either. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. Uh you know what? Forget it. Keep that one. Keep that one. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm turning this off now.